podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. It's a counter-attack, it's Didier Drogba, and now get in the middle, Drogba goes, scores! Stretch it, stretch it, mix it on the stretch it, Chelsea 2, Arsenal 1, and Didier Drogba has it! Drogba in the centre! McCoy just came to the ground, and he's going to go back, Possibly bleak as this. Chelsea Hour, Touchland Frackers, Chelsea specific podcast. Um, myself, Yassine James, this week I'm joined by Meads. What's going on? What's going on, brother? How you doing? All good, all good. Joined by Dan Sof. What's up, bro? And joined by Palumi this week. Yeah. Uh, no Joe Tweeds this week, uh, because just so you lot know, we're putting in the graveyard shifts. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's podcast to be released on time. I have to get recorded late. Yeah. And and yeah, time differences kill some of us. But Joe will be back next week. 
Um, yep. But four man here this week. And yeah, so quickly we're going to run through, basically this week we're going to run through two more friendlies um, as we did last week. See what's changed. I think those friendlies are a lot more serious. Um, so there's a lot to take away from those. Um, going to go into some listeners' questions and then we're going to touch on a few other headlines, Chelsea-specific, towards the end. Um, so just starting off straight away, we'll go with Reading. Reading first half, uh, to put it nicely, was the shop window 11. Yep. To put it less nicely, it was, why are these men still at the club 11? Yeah. Barring Giroud and... Started that game on the wing. Did Pedro started that game. It was Baka, Drinkwater, Zappa, Alonso, Kennedy, and Samori, who I kind of already hope would have a loan by now. Um, Fight for your life. If I'm honest, I don't think there's many thoughts on that first half because of who was playing. But did anyone show anything that they could offer this this year? I think. See, I'm notoriously bad at remembering games. Like, my brain kind of deletes it after about two days. But I remember that that first half was a difficult watch. Um, I think, in general, Kennedy has been good in preseason just because he's been versatile and also, like, he brings that physicality that I think that Lampard wants to play with. I think um, I think Bakayoko was, is the worst player. I, I, I know we've had this kind of back and forth. Who's worse at a drink hall and Bakayoko? But I swear, Bakayoko does, he constantly passes out to nobody. He's, so, I've got a close friend Yeah, who says he's inspired by Bakayoko and he's fascinated by him. And he's not joking, he's straight faced okay, when he cool. says it. And he says he's never seen a guy get to that height of the game who can't kick a ball where he wants yeah. it to go. This is what I'm saying. Like, like, I think people got gassed off of one YouTube video. Whoever made that YouTube video basically made his career or to be fair on there was a Champions League run as well but I think even in that Champions League run I don't think he was that good but I think um, he scored a header or whatever but back in you hit the nail on the head when you kind of pointed out that Champions League run in hindsight has just made Fabinho look amazing for having to play next to man bruv I'm telling you and I think Meads you remember I was saying like people are scouting the wrong guy Fabinho out of those two that's that's the one and yeah, we've seen it now. You were saying that if you want someone that's going to control a game, right? Then go for Fabinho. Yeah, yeah. Backyoka ain't the guy. So, but but that doesn't mean that Drinkwater is good either. Drinkwater, like, to be fair, at least drink with Drinkwater, it's not like you're getting a liar, a liability. But he just doesn't what? offer much. I don't think he's a liability as such. I think oh, with Bakayoko, Bakayoko cost us games. Continually, okay. well, and I haven't played enough games for you to say for no, you to actually acknowledge it. No, but I'll no. give you a prime example. Yeah, yeah. So, against Barcelona, the goal that was continuing is Rakitic. Yeah, Wales drink water going. If you saw what happened, Bakoko was closing down, I believe, the winger. Um, and then drink water just followed him. I hear you, but like we've seen, like, I don't think you can compare and. So, uh, I, I get Bakayoko's played more, but... In terms of sloppiness. Bakayoko's sloppy. Yeah. yeah. Bakayoko's sloppy. Very, very sloppy. But Drinkwater, on the basics, he does them completely wrong, in my opinion. He's not but good I, enough. I, just, I, I, think he's and, a, I think he's a bread and butter. I think he doesn't do too much. Like I think he's just an average basic player, Drinkwater. But I think Bakayoko's actually a big liability. I think he's a big liability. Um, One thing I will say for this is... Uh, ironically... From what we're all saying, I yeah. think Bakayoko's got some sort of market there just because of his profile, 
because he's played for France in the last P&P. year and a half because he yeah, was all right at Milan. We need to get used to drink water because not one club in their right mind is picking up those wages for a guy who's quite readily happy to just but diss his career I, away. I keep on saying like, this. Why not loan? Why can't he just go on loan at least? Like, you can still earn those wages because, like, basically the club you go to supplement the wages, but he's just, he seems to be happy, chilling. He doesn't care about football like that. Which is cool, man. He's reached the highest... But do you know what it is? Here's here's my thing. Him him winning the Premier League is the biggest achievement he'll ever achieve in his life. Yeah. His career. So he knows that anything from there on on in is a bonus. So... I just asked a question. I, I I need to get this off my chest. Okay. Considering how little upside there was to the signing before it happened, mm. considering how minimal the impact Dreamwater's made on the pitch, yeah. considering that it was thirty-five million pounds, was like, it four, oh, I thought it was forty. I thought it was that, forty. Is that the worst? It was forty. Million. Is that the worst signing? Like, is that the worst? Even with Torres, Shevchenko, all the no, ones, it's not because I feel I like it is, bro. No, it's no rationale. Okay, right okay, now. okay. Well, well, let me lay it out. Okay, so I th- the reason why I don't think it's that bad is because I don't think expectations were high for Drinkwater. So I don't think there's... I think with Torres and with all of these guys, to be fair, I didn't like any of those signings anyway. So my expectation wasn't high. But expectations ex- weren't high because everyone knew there was no point in even signing. But that's why it's not the worst, I think. Because to be fair, 40 million at that point, I know it's kind of... It's still big for Drinkwater, but at this point, average players are 40 million. And I think he was bought as a squad player. Um, so, I, I don't know. For me, it's just like, I knew he was going to be a squad player. I knew he was Same gonna... window that Chalaba left for five. Yeah, I know. It's a bad... It's not... It's not. This is Conte. This is Conte all over. And we've spoken about it time after time where he got rid of all of our young players. Obviously, Loftus-Cheek didn't play. And he brought in all of these supposedly experienced guys when really and truly, Bakayoko needed a loan more than Loftus-Cheek. But I don't think it's that bad just because my expectations... It doesn't... If I'm expecting someone to be shit and they're shit, that's not really, you know, to me, it's not as bad as someone that comes in for 50 million and all these massive wages and that your team's relying on and you have to put up with them in the starting 11 for two years and they're dragging your team down like fucking tourism and rad. For me, they're, I'm they're a lot real. worse. I'm going to be real. I'm just getting depressed. I want to talk about players who I was so silent because I was just like, I'm not contributing to this disgusting discussion but that was the first half against Reading that was all of those type of players all of them bro, was yeah, out yeah, the misfit even, 11 yeah seen even gave him like a, a little discount bro he was 40 million pound you know yeah 40 million yeah, yeah. shop window 11 <laughs> yes. I don't think any in that first half gave a lot I think Barkley started that game because that's where he got a free kick first half so yeah. Yeah. so that was the one bright point so speaking of Ross uh, he's in the running now. He's the, Can I he's just the say, surefire league for the Victor Moses yeah. pre- pre-season <laughs> Player of the Year award. Uh, it was Callum last year. It was Big Vic for Conte. Barkley, what's happening? Like I know we talked a little bit on last week um, about having freedom and and a little bit of just intensity and stuff, but he's sure, surely he's sure as good as Mount's been. He's surefire to start well, against United. I think, I think um, with Ross Barkley. I've always like been a fan of him, mm. and I think my opinion of him changed somewhat when, or not somewhat, a lot when um, kind of when he came in from Anasari, but also like the back end of his time at Everton. Um, and I think that was because of this like real attempt to kind of change him into this like cultured 
um, centre midfielder that kind of, you know, gets into the nitty gritty in the middle of the midfield. Um, and one of the issues with that is just that he thinks a lot. You can see it in his play that he's thinking about every single thing he's going to do. Yeah, um, are you being really when, nice? Want to no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to like, um, I'm not trying to insult him, but what I mean is that he, he's, he goes off instinct, basically. As, as a number 10, he's always been like that. He's aggression. I mean, he's aggressive, sorry. He's, he, he was almost very raw, but he came in. It's the first thing that, that came to his mind he did. He picked up the ball, he ran. He went with it. He, he just, he followed his gut sort of thing. And I think Martinez being the kind of continental kind of tactician that he is, was like, actually, you know what, Ross, we can make you something more. We can make you a bit different. So he tried to do it with Baines. I remember him saying, Leighton Baines can play in midfield like Philip Lama. He just did a few, Martinez wanted to do a few like crazy things. And part of that was like changing Ross Barkley into something, something that he isn't. So because they didn't cultivate what he is, he went through a free kind of two, three year spell where now actually you're gonna your whole game needs to be changed or revamped. Um and under Sari, it was like, okay, you're working in the system where that midfielder will thrive, but you're not that midfielder. Um and I think what we're seeing in preseason is just a kind of return of Barkley of old. So not necessarily that okay, cool, he's he's looking as good as I thought he was at the time when he was at Everton at like 19, 20. But at the same time, there's a big um, kind of change in in how he was playing last year to now. And I just well, think... I, because... I was a huge, huge Barkley guy when he first came through at Everton. Yeah. Before the loan was in Chelsea. Really, really took that club on his shoulders. And yeah, I've been a bit disappointed last sort of two years. There has been a big injury and, and everything else. Yeah. Made some fair to him because if we're honest, fifteen million pound investment coming off an ACL, if we can get a good season out where he's scoring eight to twelve goals with five, six assists and is and is central to a team that gets top whatever, great. That's worth the investment. So maybe it's unfair to him to set these expectations. But do you think he could be a centerpiece for a team that competes can for I, trophies? Can I chime in quickly? So we just spoke about how he started in the Misfit Eleven and I think before that match the Redden match, I think that Mount in Lampard's head was ahead of Barkley. So I actually think he was second string because we've seen before that Mount was the starter. He started the most, I think he started the most um, out of anyone in preseason. So I think that was the kind of game that shifted it. And um, I think me and Meads have gone back and forth with Barkley because Meads have said he just doesn't see it. Or I'll let Meads say exactly his opinion. But I've been a big fan of Barkley too. I think that, um, I think Pulumi's right in terms of I think Barkley, even at Everton, Martinez shifted him around. He played all over the shop. He played as the the anchor man, the the DLP role. I think one of his best positions was actually in number 10. Do you remember that season when Lukaku banged a lot of goals? Barkley was playing right behind him. And I do think that... um, I think it's a psychological thing. I think that... Okay, so I remember when Mourinho came into Chelsea... And the first thing apparently that he said to Lampard was... You're one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. Um, and he kind of just raised the expectations. And I think what Lampard's done is he's kind of brought that type of tactic in. And I think he's just told Ross, listen, I believe in you. I think he's just said, listen, all that type of thinking stuff, all of that um, possession. Because like Palumi said, I don't think he's a possession player. In fact, I don't like him deep because he well, tries. No, like, you can't, I, can't I, I get it, but you, I get terrified thinking that our 10 
can be told forget all that thinking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because but but what Palumi said is is right. It, like if you see his, like he does smart, clever passes. Um, but when he's just playing his natural game, not overthinking. When I say thinking, I think what I meant was overthinking. So him just being instinctual and him just playing his normal game rather than trying to play a coached in game is good. But I guess my question to Palumi and my guess question to all of you guys, and I think it, those that period where he was kind of shifted around midfield and that period where he was kind of trying to be coached by Sari, I think that's helped him. Because I think a lot, the criticism was before, even at Everton, when people liked him, was that, okay, yeah, he's good, but he doesn't have a brain. But I feel like he's got more of that now. So I think that it's more combined. Okay, he, he knows a bit more where to be tactically. Plus, now he's being free instinctually. So I think both of it's come together. Everton fans got really pissy because he, he came out yeah. and he said, I've never learned so much in my life right. as I have in the past six weeks. Yeah, um, he said, I think his exact words are I've never been coached <laughs> it got misconstrued a bit but I think he said I've never been coached yeah. it feels like so yeah so maybe that that it, it looked frustrating at the time for us to watch he was still only a year back off an ACL tear um, so yeah maybe that has benefited more than we realised do you know what it is I'd, I'm hesitant to say like how much of an impact that time has had on him because someone just can someone just give my guy sorry his dues please he deserves he deserves accolades for me it's not that um sorry hasn't had an impact it's whether or not i'm gonna see it applied do you know what i'm saying so it's like okay cool we can we can say that the him playing deeper has, has helped in theory but i don't think that the pre this preseason is enough to for us to tell but do you know do you know um, what it is Palumi? it's right, not just right, so for, from my position now, yeah, because obviously you lot have been talking about Barkley for a minute. Um, when when Barkley was at Everton, for me, I was a fan. My only issue with Barkley was that he was so instinctual, and he was so instinctive, sorry, and he was so... Um, there was a lot of times where he became very one-minded, like one-track-minded, and he wasn't aware of his surroundings. And that would lead to him doing very stupid things and not playing in part not playing in people when he should do and taking on shots when he shouldn't and dribbling when he shouldn't okay so, um, so that that brain dead type of mentality is something that has always been there with him and it's been annoying um, but he's always been talented no one could ever deny that um, however the reason why I was so against the Barkley signing for me again it's just another one of those situations where I'm always adverse to spending money when on squad players, because Barkley was looked at to be a squad player, I'm adverse to spending money on squad players when you've got young players that are available in your squad. And I said it last week, and it's not something that I, it's new. I say it every 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 time I talk about young players, every time I talk about um, squad players, I feel if there's someone that's capable within our academy, I'd rather use them than spend money. So when I argue Barkley was when it was I such saw, a deal yes, at yeah, fifteen. I agree. So fifteen million pound, in terms of value, it's not it's not a dent in in our wallets at all. It's not a dent at all. However, it's all about opportunity for me. So even if we were to get, who's a, who's an example of a decent player, a decent winger? Um, even if we were Sonny. to get Son, for, no Son, for example, if we were to get Son, yeah, and I love Son, I think he's sick. Mm. But if we were to get Son of two years ago where he's not completely where he's at now but still a very talented player um, and effective if we were to get Son 
this, what's it called? So January this year, I would have been pissed off because we've got a Hudson Ozoi. So I'd be like, well, what are we doing? But what are we doing? It's the same way we got Kepa. Kepa's a very good goalkeeper, but we just let go of Marcin Boca. And it's annoying. So I, it, my, my mentality is not necessarily about the player. It's more about the mindset of the club and the mindset of the coaches that's more irking me. And that probably spills onto me being or having a, a way or view of the player, like in a negative way. Okay. So Barkley is a good player, but I would much rather have a Loftus-Cheek over Barkley. Right, but then I, I think there is, like we keep, we keep on talking about drop-off in terms of, oh, there can't be that big of a drop-off in terms of squad. Yeah. So I, I do feel like there is, okay, you talk about Kepa, um, if Sari was better at you know rotating the squad, then Kepa and Boka can survive. Just the same way as okay, we have Loftus Cheek, we have Mount, but there's space for someone like Barkley to come in. Don't forget, we have to have at least eight over uh, English people over the tw- twenty-one, like eight homegrown players. So um, I don't know. I think that it's just good that we've got options. I think it's good we've got competition. I think if even if you look at the base of our mid- midfield, everyone's saying when Kante comes back, does he play? It's good that for number 10, we can say, OK, we've got Loftus-Cheek who, to come back. But right now, we still have to decide between Mount and, and, and Barkley. It's good we've got competition. I mean, I'm just good for it, Ross, because I never thought that we'd have a podcast a year ago where we're spending 15 minutes talking about him. So he's obviously smashing it. Moving, zooming out a little bit um, of that second half. I know, I know media's going to be buzzing because it looked like uh, my boy Tammy did something he didn't mean to do again, but it came off um, for for that drive up and then passed him out as well. I'm going to just say something, and I need to put this on record. They could make me really regret this in three months when they've worked on it. I know everyone loves it because it looks nice. I'll do better if they do play that diamond again. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> that diamond was getting rinsed by Reading FC like nobody's business. The balls are coming through like nothing. Emerson um, got caught so often, not his fault, just because trying to compensate for that whip. I know I know. Joe uh, was at pains last week to, to mention how uns- uncertain he was and, and unconfident when we'd lose it in transition and just be defending with three players. Brother, we lost it in transition against Reading and we're defending with two with this diamond because so many men were getting caught up trying to put this press on. So I am terrified of it. Someone someone tell me if and why I'm wrong because I'm seeing loads of people gas over it. Um, I can't tell you why you're wrong, but I can tell you why I agree to an extent. Um, and part of that is just because of the the spaces like, out wide that I think are left. I think that's very, it's, it's very risky business in modern football just to play that narrow. Um, especially with the fullbacks we have, especially with the, I feel like the 1v1 defenders we have, I don't feel like anyone bar Aspie and maybe tomorrow in terms of like a recovery element is like really, really strong um, in a 1v1 draw. Um so what's going to end up happening is there's going to be a lot of space as we commit a lot of bodies forward, um, as there would be if you throw bodies forward anyway, but more so in the wide areas. Um, and that's going to put us in, in really big trouble. Um, and I think that, I guess the upside to it is that you have all, like loads, loads of people close to the goal. Um, and you saw there like with the, the position 
But Marvel even that, it yeah. looks like our best chance don't come in shape. Like when it gets to to Tammy and Michi, they they're really trying to force this uh, this link up thing, but it's not either of their game really to play with a partner. Right. So um, I don't know, and everyone seems very in each other's spaces, and I don't know. It, uh, there's been times over these friendlies where it looks like we haven't worked on how to build up our play whatsoever. So um, really going in on this press, so, and I, I just think the diamond even complicates that even more. I mean, so in terms of the strikers getting each other's way. I've definitely seen that. I've seen that a number of times throughout preseason. Um, I just feel like, again, like you said, it's just mainly down to the fact that I think that they're used to playing up top by themselves. So they don't, they're not used to occupying certain spaces. Like they're used to being in or making certain runs that they don't have to do when they're in the two, but they just keep doing it. Um, I, and I think there's an element of greed from both sides as well. Because I think both want to do well. Both want to be the starting striker. So in that regard, both are hungry to do, you know, to do the most. Yeah. And I think that that contributes to them getting each other's way as well. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I do agree. In terms of build-up, um, I think the four-two-three-one definitely... No, no, no. I think the 4-4-2 the diamond definitely is a... I think it... It's, we struggle to build and create clear-cut chances when playing that way. I think, again, in that in that system, we just implement the press. Well, I, call, I want to call it the Lampard press because, yeah, we implement that and that's pretty much our main way of creating chances and I'm not I'm not keen, to be honest. I think in the 4 3 one over the last three games, um, we've looked rather impressive and we're able to create chances at a reasonable rate. So... I think we should stick at that. I think I'm going to come to chance creation in a bit more uh, in the Salzburg game because I think that was where a lot got revealed about where we could get batted up. Um, just on the on those strikers' uh, performances against Reading in that second half, I just want to uh, make a public announcement. Uh, I think everyone might be a bit happy about this. I actually saw Batshuayi do some good hold up. Of course, uh, man. Rah! But do you know what? Do you know what I like about that? People don't admit it. Like, I've seen so many games where Batshuayi has good hold-up, but then the next game people will say he's not good at hold-up. So I'm glad that, like, you're actually Listen, saying... Listen, I mean, I'm still not quite on the... He's a complete centre-forward who can do all aspects, but it's something, for me, that there's evidence that it can be built on. Yeah. Um, his interception for Mount's tapping goal, yeah. really aggressive press. Okay, that might not fly in Europe or in the Premier League, but... It wasn't just the lucky where he was. That was a very, very good Rani. I think he's probably at a moment in his career where he knows this is his last chance at Chelsea. And if he can just focus on, on adapting those bits of game, then fantastic. I do think in a two, Giroud is probably important as a foil. Um, and then when you've got so many runners coming through, like Mount, like Barkley, Pedro was actually in the tent for that second half, which is quite interesting. Yeah. You've got players like this, you're going to need a guy who can run the channel. I think Tammy might suit running the channel a bit better just because he has no ego about him whatsoever. He knows that he could be in the championship this time next year if he's not smashing it. So he will run the channel all day as as for the... As for Bats. Uh, or he crossed it in. I think it's definitely going to be Giroud and one. So, so... So far in preseason, Giroud hasn't played in a, a partnership, if I'm correct. No, which I find so fascinating. Right. Yeah, so I, I kind of think what's interesting is you talked about them being greedy. But I feel like if you're putting two players together and telling them to play together, but both of these players are fighting for their, 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 their spot in the lineup, of course they're going to be greedy. Of course it's not going to work. But I think that 
the way it's um, it, it wasn't a criticism. No, I know. I'm not. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, what I'm saying. Natural, I'm, man. I'm not talking. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking for their Chelsea career. Realistically, exactly. exactly. So if I'm not talking. It has a free goal season. They're off. Exactly. So yeah. I'm not talking about it from your point of view. I'm talking about from Lampard's point of view. Him putting them together. I think Giroud's a bit more relaxed. He's at the end of his career. So I agree with Yas in terms of I would have liked to have seen Giroud and Tammy or Giroud and Batshuayi because Giroud's a bit more relaxed. Whereas these two are, they're both kind of on the edge. They both never really got a chance at Chelsea. So they're both going to be fighting like that. But I think that Lampard for this diamond formation, I think the reason why he's intent on playing it is because I feel like this is going to be his go-to formation when we need the goal. And he's where. Not, yeah, no, I'll cry, I, I, I think you know so. What, um, do you know what I feel like is a big issue, and I think it's something that we're gonna have to come to terms with. Terms with is that we are a really good, we look to be rather, and we have been previously a very good counter-attacking outfit. Yeah. Um, mm. and I think, um, so like I, I think we're gonna have the same problem that um, Liverpool's um, Klopp's Liverpool has, in that there's gonna be a lot of energy. We're going to be able to hit teams out um, on the break. Um, the way the press looks is encouraging. And I feel like if with some like fine-tuning, um, we could be a team that really hunts the ball down well. And within that, then, um, because you're attacking when the other team's disorganised, you don't necessarily need to have distinct um, ways to kind of play or attack in that sense. Um, so because of that, I think... like so when. I, Obviously, I know we will move on to the Salzburg game, but the way um, Pulisic's goals came was kind of from that attacking when they did In the Salzburg game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like, I feel like we're going to be a team that in transition is is, is pretty strong. Mm. Um, so so when you're saying that like you don't see it, you don't see how it's going to work, you know, in, in the diamond and you see the kind of charted spaces, I feel like it's... Be- because when we when when we sorry um, press aggressively and we win it aggressively and we win it high, that's when we're going to get the most joy. Um, but that that is then also something to think about in terms of how we play <clears> in games. Problem. With preseason, we've 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 played a variety of teams, but mm. <laughs> we haven't played anyone that is going to be the reality of at least 16, 18 games in the Premier League yeah. where we're going to have a chance to counter press. We ain't even going to have a chance to have spaces in behind because it will be Bournemouth at Stamford Bridge who have 11 men in the box. It will be uh, Burnley uh, at home uh, at Turf Moor, exact same thing. So I think it's just a bit concerning that we haven't seen much evidence yet of what we can do against teams like that. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. not something that they've completely overlooked. What? Um, the only thing I'll say in pre-season of that is um, Barkley shooting outside the box. I think Mount is a shooter outside the box too. So I think compared to where with Sari, where we just went to the wings and they kept on cutting it back. To Jorginho, to Kante, right. to Kante, to, yeah. Kante, to Jorginho, yeah. to Kovacic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now we have a midfielder that kind of shoots out of the box. So that provides another angle. So uh, we touched a bit on Pulisic. Um, so I just want to talk about Salzburg as well. We're talking about, before we get on to individuals, we're talking about us becoming this pressing team. It's all that Lampard's really gone on about. Um, it clearly looks like the identity he wants to pursue. I think if you look at sort of the first two years of Klopp's Liverpool, I haven't done it extensively yet, but that could be something we go away and do because that could be a really good model to sort of track our progress really with what he's coming into. But for me, it's great to say 
that pressing is all about intention and aggressiveness and intensity. But fuck me, did Salzburg, who I said last week, teams in the Red Bull school and in the Bundesliga are the gold standard for that stuff. Mm. Did they show how a press can absolutely batter a team when it's done and coached like a science properly? Um, and we struggled massively. How, how are we going to react to that in the Premier League when we have better quality of players? I, I, I agree. I thought in the first half in particular, they were the better side and we went to fortuitously. I don't think, I honestly don't think we touched the ball in the first 10 minutes, really. Nah, we got first smashed. 10 minutes of either half. Yeah, either we, half. Got, we got pammed. We got pammed differently. Um, but just good moments of quality from Ross Barkley. Um, I, again, so in, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. I thought, although we were somewhat stretched, I felt we did handle it. It's just that we weren't able to play our game. It was almost like we we're just managing rather than playing our game. But once we got the goals, actually, you know what? Even after two 0 we we're still getting slapped. But it was just twenty one shots uh, for Salzburg in the day, and I think yep. I don't know. I think it was ten on target. Um, yeah. Now again, you come up against an Aubameyang, an Aguero, yeah, a Pepe, even even a even a Rashford, even yeah. a Vardy. Those like that sort of <laughs> chance conversion. Three and those kind of chances. It's not going to fly. Nah, three and those kind of. I, I felt um, our defense was very very sloppy. Very uh, sloppy. In fact, can I just can I, and this is kind of this is why I made the the Klopp comparison and Klopp, um, or Liverpool comparison rather because it's not just because of um, how we press um, or how we're playing necessarily but it's also the kind of issues with personnel um, in the sense that Liverpool in that time under Klopp they were trying to implement something or um, but they didn't have the necessary well I wouldn't say necessary quality but they didn't have the quality that um, kind of allowed them to get away with it so it, it was games, I remember like they had a 5-4 versus Norwich and they had the, but then they'd also have the odd game against City at Etihad where um, Firmino's, you know, tap it um, round in the keeper and whatnot. So they've got like, I feel like we'll, we'll see signs of success um, with it, but for the most part, it's going to be rocky. Are, are you one, saying centre-backs? We don't have quality centre-backs? No, no, no. I'm just saying, I feel like across the, across the board, I don't think we have... Um, so it kind of ties into what I said about us not being convincing or me not being convinced by um, people or by some of the players. Um, but yeah, just gen- I just I just don't think... Like even, even... I'm a fan of Zuma, but even there, there's like a bit of like error that I see. I don't know if that's just me, but um, a bit of clumsiness. Um, I, think, I think there was... It was Zuma's a funny guy, man. Like there was times I was like, can't believe this guy's back. Can't believe we got him for essentially like a new signing. Nothing. He's so dominant. No one's getting past him. And then there were times where he still kind of will just miss a flight of a ball, be too far away from his partner, get sucked in. He's a funny one. I don't know if it's being exposed um, by his players in front of him, not being able to build, and him and Louise. They can absolutely dominate games, but sometimes 1v1 is not maybe their strength. Um, or is it just rusting? Or is it... Teething pains. Let's see. He's, I don't know. New. We'll have to see. Looking at the um, uh, fan response online, I know the uh, Twitter account for us, at Chessie Hour, put out 
what is your preferred lineup? Overwhelming back in for Zuma and Luis. I don't know if that's recency effect because no one's seen Rudiger and, and whatever, but I know that's popular here as well. Um, but yeah, it was a bit, a bit more concerning looking at how it broke down and how vulnerable they were just as a two by themselves. Yeah. One thing I will say, I think whoever's marshalling the line, I assume it's going to be Luis. The offsides were perfect. The offsides, it was run well. But then, when again, Premier League, Premier League, Premier League, Aubameyang is going to bend that run in and it's, I don't know, it's, it's yeah. risky. Um, and I think a lot relies on not just the players and intensity. I think, again, like pressing is a science. There are man them who are academics in pressing. It's not just grit and grind, get up them. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I just hope between Edwards, Morris, Lampard, that they really do see that as the the way to do it because I think yeah. we're going to need that if that's our, our game plan um, yeah. just a quick one on um, goals conceded as we're kind of on centre backs uh, Kawasaki set piece goal um, <laughs> Reading corner goal yeah. um, Salzburg set piece goal at what point do we start shitting ourselves about conceding one a week this, this is what, what I'm I saying want- I wanted to say one thing, and I think I've noticed it. Um, so our striker, generally, um, we've always had a striker in the neighbourhood. Anything. And unfortunately, our best header of the ball isn't really playing. Um, so it's Tammy and Batchwai's job to clear the first post if it does get there um, and to header anything away. I mean, even Morata was doing it. Um, Drogba obviously was renowned for doing that for us for ages just if it's near him he gets it away Costa as well um, as much as I think that we're poor from set pieces I think that that near post most of the goals have been coming from there so it's almost like we missed the near post it gets flicked on and then it's a tap in or the, the ball will come in near post and it's a free header and no one's clearing that no one's clearing the ball no, I mean, no one is attacking that space. It's a really good point. I think my only concern would be, this is something that Sari got battered for. We looked really weak at set pieces last yeah. year. We haven't looked any better. My concern would be that all the coaching in the world, it might be a personnel issue. Like, yeah, uh, Abraham's not a Costa or a Drogba. Luis, for all of my fanboying, oh, captain, my captain, He's he, he, that's where he does show up as, as a bit poor, is marking out a set piece. Yeah. Zupa's, actually a lot more dominant along the floor than he is in the air. Yep. These are the go-to guys. Alonso is, well, thankfully out of the team, but then you start to realise that Emerson... Isn't is, that great is from set pieces. Not a unit at all. Tell-wise, you look up and down the pitch and I start to feel a bit like Mourinho, bro. I start thinking, nah, man, I need a big man in here. Cause, Some in there, isn't it? Yeah, 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 I know you yeah, I think it's something that we're going to need to be very careful of. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not making any grand conclusions. Maybe hopefully they, they sort it out, but it's 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 a bit of a worry if we're a pressing team that can get broke through and a team that can give away set pieces. I don't know if that is a sustainable way to play. No. Um and I don't know if we've got the firepower right now to sort that out. But speaking of firepower, stars and stripes. Smashed <laughs> it. Smashed it. Um, I've already bragged about this in the group chat, but my little shout on him being a tactical weapon is aging 
well early on. Hopefully, I don't look stupid well, in man, December. Man, man's talking about milk that's only two days old. I bet. Uh, yeah, um, and, against, and against the Austrian champions. Who you, relax, bro. Man's talking about... Like, this but, is, it's but, still fresh Confident finishes, high yeah. work rate, links up quite well, and <laughs> it sounds a bit mad, but he looks like the man that's going to get just do what he's told in it, yeah. um, which could be really, really valuable. Winning the penalty, he's 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 looked a real threat. What are we excited by from from young Christian? Let me give him his dues, yeah. He played very, very well. Um after looking a little bit mm, mm, in the first couple of games that he featured in, I think yesterday was definitely his best game. Um comfortably his best game. And it looks like he's up to speed with preseason. Um his goals were very, very good. Um the first goal was a great finish. Um, I like how he took his time and he had the defenders backing off. Um, I don't know if the defenders are going to back off like that. No, I think in the Premier League, against good defenders, they'll engage. But still, takes nothing away from the finish. It was great. Bottom corner, nice and clean. And then the second one, fantastic pass from Barkley, who, like we said earlier, is having a, man, a mental preseason. Mental. Um, and he took it well and slotted it nice. It reminded me of like Walcott. I can't lie. It's weird. It reminded of Walcott, like those runs in behind. Yeah, those runs in behind and then those slots. Like it reminded me of that. I think if he if he adds goals to already what seems to be he's a very kind of he like an end of move type of player. So mm-hmm. he likes to create in terms of crossing and through balls. So if he can add goals, then he'll be a decent weapon. And I'll probably back your shout, Yassine, about him being a tactical weapon. Dan, I saw on your uh, 11 yeah. that you, for United, right as of right now, would be starting, was it Mount? Mount one of the, the middle positions with Barkley and Pedro, so Pulisic don't make that. What is it do you think that he's still lacking that so, um, we're not 100% sure about? So, I, I don't think he had a great game against Salzburg. I think he had great moments, but I feel like this pre-season, a lot of time when he's a pitch, you don't notice he's there. And I think that I... I agree in terms of he gets in behind. I like the fact that I think last season Sarri complained about with William and Hazard, when balls would get kind of put to them, they'll check back. Whereas I think with, with Pulisic, his first thought is always to kind of move the ball forward, to like to receive the ball on the run. I like that. I like him getting in behind. I think I agree with Meads. His finishes were very calm. Like he didn't, we've seen Murata one-on-one. We've seen how like the demons coming when Murata's running on one-on-one. With Pulisic, he seemed calm. I like that. I, I rate the free mo- the, the moments he had, I like. I, th- I don't feel like he protects the ball. Sometimes I feel like when he's running the ball, he's just waiting to either get tackled so he can fall down or whatever. But This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Day sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged, all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Day's clearance pricing today. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like Mount, when he's on the field, 
his ever presence. You feel his presence. Whereas I feel like with Pulisic, he's a moments player. I think I, I wouldn't mind if Pulisic starts, but I think Mount's done more this preseason. And my eleven was picked on who's the, who's done best. Fair play. I, I won't lie. Um, I was messaging my friend at the start of the game about Pulisic, despite my public backing of him as a as a bit of a weapon. And I, I said he reminded me a bit of. I might show my age. I don't know. Scrappy dappy do. Where yeah, bare enthusiasm yeah. and no pun. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Scrappy, you don't know what you do. I'm 21. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, Blue, hey, man, you're hey, killing you me, you bro. Remember, wow. Wow. What year were you born? Don't don't get onto him. What year were you born? Not yet. Fucking nice. hell. Look yeah. at that, man. This don't is Pelham Bappe. That's what is it called? Pelham Scrappy dappy do. Scrappy do's nephew. And he used to he used to wind wind up his fists and let me at him, let me at him, but he was a hold me back type of guy. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. That's how I was. I messaged my guy five minutes in. I was like, he looks scrappy, dappy, do bare enthusiasm, bare running, flinging his arms in the air, no punch. Yeah. And well, he shut me up with the finishing with the pen. Do you, so. know, what, do you know what it is about? Um, about by the way, I initially thought that you were actually like nicknaming a footballer, and I didn't know you was referencing the cartoon. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> anyway. Um, Nah, I feel like with him, um, he's got like the sort of attributes that can complement a team um, well. So I understand where the tactical weapon shots come from. I understand why people think that he's like he, he clearly has some ability. Like um, in terms of one thing that I really liked was like interplay. So he's not necessarily him dribbling or anything, but just the one twos. Like he looks like he's ready to kind of pass and move. He's got a bit of intensity Thank in you. the final third, which I think is important, um, and it makes for something slightly different. So he's someone that I feel like could be instructed to do something and you'll carry it out to a T. Um, but then he doesn't necessarily have the X factor. Um, so I'm, I'm, but I'm not like totally against him. Like I feel like when I, when he first, when we first signed him, I was like, what the heck? Like, what is this? Oh, my days, 16 on this, Callum's not signed, all that, that sort of rubbish. Um, but now in terms of what he's shown, um, I'm, I'm maybe a I'm a lot more optimistic about what he can bring personally. Um, speaking of what players can bring, you touched on interplay. Um, I was actually quite disappointed early on about uh, when that press was a real struggle. Kovacic and Jorginho, they looked on the same passing line a lot of the time. It was a bit unclear who was meant to be that man dropping in to receive and they're kind of looking at each other bits and bobs. When Chelsea got a foothold in the game, mm. they were popping it out under a lot of pressure, some really nice one-touch moves. Don't know how much it was by default or by design. We'll give um, the coaching staff the credit for it. that It happened as the game went on, so maybe adjusting to the press a little bit. Um, is that something where you think Kante could maybe struggle to get back into the team with? I know he improved on the ball under Sarri, but we talk about Pulisic there uh, looking to interplay all the time. Kovacic and Jorginho have shown a lot of promise. I'm sure they'll get a start against United just for fitness reasons. <laughs> ironically now that Sari's gone and everyone's had a go at him saying oh, will Kante fit and then I have all this argument over position has he got a bit of a fight to get back in or does his qualities defensively just shoo him in straight away and then it's up to Jorginho and Kovacic to, to fight out for themselves for the last spot you know what I think as much as Lampard says people have to win their spot I think in Lampard's head Kante it's going to be Kante and one other um which is which is bad. I think Kante should have to come back and win it. And I feel like 
Kova and Jorginho will start the season, but I think it's like a ticking, like a countdown clock until Kante comes back in and that then it becomes a a star, no matter what. But I think that's, I think it's a shame because I do think Kova and, I think Kova and um, Jorginho, they both have, in terms of passing and energy and interplay, I have to see Kante in it. I have to see Kante in the, the pivot now, but I think both of them are building up a chemistry. And I, I don't know, I like that Kova's an all-action hero and then Jorginho's the playmaker. So I'd prefer... I'd prefer Jorginho to be the mainstay and then either Kova or Kante. Okay, what about you, Mids? Where, where are you leaning? Because uh, so, um, you've been most enthusiastic and surprised at this new two. Yeah, it, it's a weird one because obviously, if you asked me before pre-season, you know I would have said Kante all day. Um, but I'm more all about balance um, more than anything. And I feel like if if we're so reliant on one one touch play to create chances and progress play, then it'd be weird to kind of disrupt that, especially given the fact that Kante has not had a preseason. So he will come back rusty. And although Kante defensively is exceptional, um offensively and just in terms of build and play, if he's rusty then he'll look very sloppy. And I just want to throw one other thing into the mix, which we saw last season as a huge problem, is the side that Kante is going to play on is yep. going to be Azpilicueta's side of the pitch. Yeah. And Azpilicueta, I just every time I watch the games, it's the elephant in the room yep. of what are they going to do when they realise that most attacking moves are breaking down with the captain and he doesn't have Jorginho as a bounce pass out right yeah. in that anchor position anymore so that I, I don't know if in a roundabout way Kante's going to need a Reese James there or, or yeah. what but that's another thing it's talking about balance balance is what made me think of it it's just that side of the ring I feel yeah. like every season there's just a written off side whether it was Cahill and uh, Alonso on the Conte. On the left, yeah. Well, as and Kante, like, fucking hell, can we just get one player to help can, the other one out? But can, can that's ask, a concern for me as well. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Why does Kante have to play on the right side of the pivot? Why can't he play on the left side? He doesn't He doesn't have to. Doesn't but have if, to. We're, if we're going on the past, yeah. he's always been to the right-hand side of a drink water. He's, going, he's been on the right-hand side of the three. No, on I a, think on just a, as a playmaker player, Jorginho on the left is going to want to open up onto his right foot and see the pitch rather than be sort of hamstrung by having to receive on his back foot and then having the right wing cut off from him. But currently, to be, to be, to be fair, at Leicester, he did play on the left side of midfield. Yeah. He played left centre mid. Yeah. Drinkwater drink was the right centre mid. Yeah. And, and right now, and right now Kovacic and Jorginho, who's left? Kovacic is left. Exactly. So Jorginho's right. So Jorginho's not even playing left right now. Yeah, that's fair point. I hope. I can only hope. I can only hope. That's a fair point. But yeah, to be I honest, it's the, the, the certain because having two players so close that are going to rely on each other to to build, it's not even a Kante problem. It's an awkward elephant in the room as Piliqueta problem. And I <laughs> I still don't know how they're going to manage that because yeah. he's, he's, but he's got so much clout. Yeah. Like he's, he's the captain of the club. So <laughs> even from a marketing standpoint and... And all sorts. I know it's happened recently before, but... Cahill. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I just that is gonna be a big test. He's not even that old. He's not even that old, so it's difficult. Like if he was 32, 33, you can kind of say, okay, you need to rest, but he's like 29, 30, so there's no excuses. Like we'll 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 see. We know. I think everybody knows Reese James has to come in eventually, but um, I I do agree in terms of another thing is that. Because that pivot is the build-up part of it and building up is so crucial to our play, it's almost like we want the pivot to always remain the same. We don't want to keep on chopping and changing because that kind of disrupts the rhythm. But we have... Also, just as we're going to be so focused on this counter-pressing, we're going to need a lot of attacks coming from wide areas so that we're not completely at risk when we lose it all the time and the ball's not central and can be split. There was a pass there in the first half against Reading don't know who played it. It went through every single player in the diamond because it didn't get held up. Now, if we're playing against Pogba or any Premier League standard player from anyone in the top 10, we can't be relying on on sending it flat into the striker's feet. We're going to need a lot of combinations wide. So it's, it's, a, it's another red flag for me, along with the... Um, set pieces along with the press not quite being refined but it being so clear that that's the route we're going to go down um just on on what we've seen so far there's one friendly left we've talked a lot about individuals um and and i think we're we're relatively clear on on who the starting team is i think nine of the 11 start that started against salzburg i think the back four is looking like it's picked itself from emerson zuma louise uh and aspilicueta as it stands um, Kepa, of course, will play if well and if fit. Jorginho and Kovacic will count out. They'll be in. Pedro will start. Pulisic is an interesting one, but I think just for a bit of pace, he'll probably start leaving Barkley or Mount and one of the three up top. So individuals, we, we were more or less set. With that in mind, how is that first day going to go? Because I'm going to be honest, Meads, there's a few tickets left for this event on the 11th. But I'm a bit shook to go if we're going to get smoked up. So, <laughs> Old Trafford, Kurt and Razor, do we look anywhere near ready? And what are your main concerns playing against United, who, who looked in prison to be playing a bit of a similar similar system? Bloomy starts so. off. Um, the one thing I'll say with the, um, I know obviously this is this answer should be with with the, that first game in mind, but I'm not totally concerned that the that the press for instance isn't completely sorted i think it'd be insane if it would be if like we looked like the perfect present team um off the basis of these i don't last like six weeks um or i don't know how, how long it's been but yeah so i think um and one of the things i know joe was like really bothered about was just the way um kovacic and Jorginho at times in the salzburg game um looked quite stretched and i think that's because there is still a few um, issues that need ironing out with regards to like just how they press. Um, and well, quite I, interesting I, on at the end. Of, sorry, just to cut you. Last game we went really to a four-five-one for the last fifteen. Like the the wingers were straight in line with that midfield um, two centre mid. And okay, it's the end of the game. We got sloppy as anything conceding those goals, which were a joke. But the spaces and the positions on the pitch that we were regaining the ball were A, a lot more conducive to a counter mm. and B, yeah, you weren't having Barkley and Mount at the time and Christensen, who was an interesting sort of third option in there holding, chasing and getting caught. 
So I don't know if that's something that you've just mentioned think, that's been seen and is, and is yeah. being... And I think... And, I've, and it's the thing with that is that um, that the way they defended there seemed like a more of like a delay and like a dictated press in terms of actually, okay, cool, we're just going to wait for the triggers. Whereas in the first half and in the game against um, Barcelona and the game against Reading, it seemed like it was press at all costs at any time. Um, so I think they're... What do you I don't think know, it's more likely to see at Old Trafford? I think we are more likely to see the... I don't know. That's the truth. Um, I'm not sure. Um, and the reason I'm not sure is because I think in my head, he, like the way they, they used the, the three um, in the last 15 was something that hadn't been seen for a couple of games. So I think it was kind of out of my thinking. So I don't, I'm not sure. It could be used as a more of a like slightly defensive tactic. And I think that they, um, I don't think they're going to be adverse to kind of adapting to the opponent. Um so I wouldn't be shocked if that came in, if 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 they did kind of adopt a similar um, sort of system to that. But I just think a lot of the best work they've done has been in the in the four two three one. Um, yeah. So I think I think because of that, um, it I'm waffling. Do you know what? What I would say uh, is that the it's likely that that would happen in in game adjustment. I think. But I don't think that they necessarily start with a with a with a midfield three or in like a flat four five one yeah. as they ended that game, yeah. personally. Dan, how optimistic think... for that first game, or are you just sitting there like I'm getting to the point with a bit of transfer envy looking at Pepe and Dybala being linked and nah. I'm cool. I mean we've got our own new players, like we've got Hudson to come back. Uh, we We've got Reese James to come in eventually. I, I don't know. I'm cool. I don't They're care about in like cool promo videos made about them. You know, missing yeah. <laughs> out a bit. I, I don't need that. I, like we're Chelsea, man. We've we've seen all the new transfers. We've seen like we've seen yeah, putting a man's name in Twitter for updates. And yeah, reading them. but we, the thing is, and, oh, and it's seen, not a real summer right now. It's but we've sick. we've seen like Bakayoko and Drinkwater coming. Just because you're spending money doesn't mean you're gonna be better. Like they made us worse, but. I Listen, thought that's all I needed to hear. I'm sorted. Don't worry. <laughs> I need to be reminded. Yeah, exactly. So, but I, I think um, the biggest game we've played so far in preseason was the Barcelona game. I can't remember completely, but I think that game, Tammy started up front, Pedro, um, and Pulisic, and then I, I think it was Mount. And I think at that point, that was his front four because obviously they're the biggest team. So I feel like they probably represented the. Best team to prepare against Man United for. Um, so I feel like, obviously things can change. Uh, Barkley's impressed since then, but I feel like it might be a Tammy, Pedro, Barkley and Pulisic situation right now. That's Obviously we've still got one more game to play, but I think um, I'm not, I, I think Tammy, I think Tammy is likely to miss a lot of big chances. I know he can score too, but I, I, I'm not as confident if Tammy starts if Tammy starts, I'm not as confident. But I have to see the lineup before I, I know what's going to happen in the game. I know Man United aren't looking too great in preseason. I've watched a couple of their games, but who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. I think both teams have spent their entire preseason trying and sort of awkwardly adjusting to a really high press, which everyone's excited about in the final third, realises it's a bit of a mess the further it gets down the pitch. So it could be a terrible game of football. Yeah. But with drama as a result of it. Meet, how are you feeling this close to the start of the season? Um, I guess my thoughts kind of echo Dan's. Um, 
in terms of the team, like I, I, I get the feeling that he's going to favour me, um, not Michi, I think he's going to favour Tammy. Um, and I think it's, it feels that of, way. I don't know why. It feels that way. I think over the last two games, it's kind of turned and obviously Tammy scored against Barcelona and yeah, I didn't. I wouldn't say he was impressive against Reading, but he looked all right, I guess. Um, yesterday he didn't look too good, but I think he is slightly getting the nod over Mitchie. Listen, as much as, as much as I've like gone on public backing, I want him to do well. There is no doubt that Tammy, whatever you say, is the biggest project of the three. Yeah, he'd by be a project. Five miles, like yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd I would be a argue maybe. I would argue he's maybe got a higher upside than than Bakshuai, but that's a wild. So, wild... I don't see that anyway. But... I don't see that. I don't see that. The thing is, the thing is, um, the thing with um, Richie, um and Tammy is that I think if Tammy weren't to play this season or play that much this season, it wouldn't be too bad. Like I don't think it'd be. I don't think he'd be trying to leave. I don't think he'd just be happy to be in the rotation. Yeah, no, I don't think there'd be any form of regrets. I think he'd be like, okay, kind of glad he's in the conversation to play games. He'll probably play a significant amount of games anyway. Um, and also, I think like, Mitchie is what twenty four, twenty five now. And, this is his uh, last year. If it this is his last year of actually trying to make it at the he's top got, level. He's got two years left of these contracts. Yeah, so this is his so final next year's cut price. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now it's time, the time to actually play. Um, and I think you're definitely going to get more out of your strike. Well, your striker if Mitchie is your guy. I, I just don't see it with Tammy. In terms I mean, of- one moment for Tammy that was really concerning, if he is going to start, especially at Old Trafford, especially in the big games, is there was a moment against Salzburg. He uh, got the ball. It's obviously guided to his left foot. There's yeah. a defender on his right shoulder. Absolutely nothing behind his left yeah. shoulder. He's standing back to goal. Any instinct, if it's Michi, if it's any striker, yeah. he takes that on his back foot, turn, bang. Yeah, he tried a flick. He was trying too hard to combine and impress. I think, and it just was a mess. And one thing I will say with Michi is, yeah, like the himself. instinct is there. the The work rate has been there. I think the build up play has improved a bit over the preseason. Um, as much as I, I want Tammy to do well, just for him as a guy more than anything else, he's a massive project. And I think I, I back, still back Giroud just because it's the safest option, but I, Tammy's third in the rotation for me. <laughs> and it is a bit of a real statement of intent for Lampard, Morris and Edwards and their academy backing if they decide, no, nah, this is our guy. This is our guy up top. And it will be ballsy. I don't know if it will come off personally, but do you know what? it will be a statement of intent. Do you know what? I... I... I'm sick and tired of there being biases. Whether it's, okay, we're playing this person just because they're expensive or we're playing this person just because they're supposed to have experience in inverted commas or now we're playing this person just because they're young or from from their academy. I just want whoever deserves it or whoever's performed best to play. And, And I don't want Lampard to go in that direction where he's just playing people on bias. I feel like out of all three of them, it's, do you know what, it's, it's been difficult because most of the time we've played one striker up front. So the time has been shared in preseason. So no one's really got a long run to get any kind of consistency, so, which is why our strikers really haven't really covered themselves in glory this preseason. I think Batshuayi scored two, 
But even the goal he scored yesterday, he kind of hit at the goalkeeper where he should have finished it. But then he kind of knew he had to score. So he did yeah, everything. So he made <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was emphatic. But I feel like um, that's why I said in the last podcast, I was thinking, do you know what? He needs to give a couple of strikers a run. Um, even if just playing two strikers every single game. Uh, even if like you're playing Batshuayi on the left rather than in the centre forward. But we need to kind of give these strikers a run so that they can score goals and get confident and we can see who to pick because I feel like you're right. The rest of our team is kind of sorted. It's, right now, it's just really who is our striker. Yeah. Fully just agree. finishing before we go into some uh, listeners' questions, 100% agree. As we are talking about goal scoring, I'm going to quickly zoom around. Meads. Yo, what what would you give? Everyone's getting this question. What would you give to score one goal in your life, like Pedro? Jeez. Oh my God, <sighs> bro, I don't even know. That goal, you know, what was so impressive about that goal was how he moved away. He was running away from goal, and he knew. He knew. It's not like it's a. Like I think Giroud did. That goal was it against West Ham? The flick, yeah. He did the scorpion kick, yeah. Um, and I think Giroud just did it. It was instinctive. Whereas I think Pedro actually knew. Pedro exactly measured it one hundred percent, hundred percent. Exactly, was there because that flick. If there's any weird fans that is listening to this, but somehow has enough internet to listen to this, but not enough to stream that goal, or isn't yeah. aware of, sort it out and go watch that. He one hundred percent measured it. Means I'm asking though, what would you give to score that goal once? I, I can't lie, I'd get in trouble if I was to say so, so I'm just gonna keep quiet. And believe me, once you might already have to be fair, but what would you give to score that goal once? Um, I am so sorry that I'm not adhering to this, but um, I don't think I'd give anything for it. <laughs> but it was a great, it was a great goal. <laughs> not even like five pound, nothing. I'd probably. Uh, and I'm talking in a sold-out stadium, you know, just to okay. well, maybe a league game to spice it up. You know, it is I've I've absolutely no desire to play, and I just feel like I should be, I'd be showing myself. So um, I will, I will just I too much this. of a coach. Dan, uh, tell yeah. me, what would I give? Like that. Do you know what? Yeah, I've scored better. <laughs> no, no, no one believes that. <laughs> very similar one for the year eighteen. And oh yeah. I didn't want to bring it up, but as someone else has, I'm gonna uh, have to. It was it was a Talk bit shitter and it was on like a clumpy That's pitch. But... Ryan said year eight, you know. Yeah, he used eight. all of this just eight, to kind eight, of year nine when it got a bit more serious. I don't know. It was from a corner, so the angle weren't quite as good. But yeah, we needed to to give that its its three minutes. Um, <laughs> moving on to listeners' questions, I'm going to be frank. There's a few good ones. Send them in. Like regardless, send them in at Chessie Hour on Twitter. Um, if you want someone particular to answer them, do that. You might want a particular opinion on it. You might want to rile someone. You might want to rattle me telling me that Mitchie is the best that we've got in the squad and, and wind me up that way. But send them in. If you want it to be generic, we'll do that. But if you want someone specific, just ask for that. First one, do you think the injuries to Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Callum Hudson-Odoi would affect their careers in the long term? Should Chelsea protect Callum Hudson-Odoi this season so that he doesn't become injury prone that's from Oscar Poet I mean I know my answer and it's no but I'm going to put it round anyway yeah for me it's a fuck no <laughs> no 
I don't think there's a, a situation where he needs to be protected. He's had his injury. He's recovered quite well from it, exceptionally well actually. And uh, yeah, he just wants to play now. I think uh, not. to cheek maybe. It's a different scenario. It's a different injury. Maybe he wouldn't want to be rushed back. And no. by the time he's coming back, we'll know what we're playing for. I feel like. Yeah. But yeah. um, all the all the indications are that Callum's recovering ahead of schedule, potentially back in September. In terms of affecting their careers in the long term, no. I don't know if anyone has any other shout on that. No, I don't. Well, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. But do you know what? How do you protect someone from injuries, really and truly? Like, you can rest them two games and they can come on and then they could get injured. Like, you can't really do that. So um, <coughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming he means that phasing back, which any professional staff you'd assume would do. Yeah. Not Spurs trying to play Harry Kane in every single game because <laughs> yeah. he, he wants to. But yeah. Yeah, there's no uh, rush. There's no rush. No rush, no rush. Tom Foley, 86. Uh, given stats shared on goals scored by respective attacks and the points difference last season to City and Liverpool being broadly similar, um, i.e. one goal equals one point, or is it about one point? Does anyone... Basically, that early bit confused me a bit, but basically, <laughs> does anyone expect us to be within 20 points of City or Liverpool this season given what our attack looks like? That's that's a hard one to read, but basically, is our attack yeah. good enough to be anywhere near them? Yeah, so he's talking about the Chelsea Hour tweet where we show that um, last season our attack basically scored like twenty goals or twenty five oh, goals okay, less. Okay, okay, personnel yeah. numbers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it really depends on even last season. Okay, we had Pedro who scores goals, but he was in the bench for Williams. So it's difficult to answer that question until I see the attack. But I feel like if Lampard gets it right. 100% sure, especially with that, the fact that we've now got a number 10 that can be close to the goal to chip in. But it, it really depends on, on who he picks, who who our main starting 11 is, in my opinion. So he, speci- he specified 20 points. Palumi, uh, firstly, is there any chance? Secondly, how many points do you see clawing back as a success to those top two? Sorry, cut out a bit. Can you repeat that? Yeah, no problem. So, I can't remember how many um, we finished off them, but he's asking, does anyone expect us to be within 20 points of City-Liverpool this coming season, given our attack? How many do you think we could reasonably expect to claw back? Um, off of that? Off of off of our tally from last year? Like the gap? Well, off of what we've got coming this year? Well, I, I don't know about clawing back anything, to be fair. Um, like the, only, the only way I can see us being any closer is if them teams drop off um, and that's not because I'm necessarily pessimistic about the work that's being done. I just, think, I just think that um, we're a little bit further off than maybe, than maybe people anticipate. Because I don't know, I, I can't see us doing better than third this year. I mean, first first pod that I missed uh, went little round table. To, are we going to get top four? And I think three or four, three yeah, at I, least, I, I, two I, at I, least. Oh, mate, I'm a stone-cold sick this year. If we can get fifth, like, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I, to, to be fair, I thought, um, I think, I thought at the time that we get top four. Um, I'm probably less optimistic of that now. Um, but that's not to say that I think it's impossible. However, what I am particularly not sure is going to happen is that we're going to get much or significantly closer or, or any closer to, like, Liverpool and City, unless they drop off, is my thing. So if they replicate if they replicate what they did last year, i.e. a ninety eight and a ninety seven, I don't see us being on like eight. Is my point? Yeah, fair. Um, next one uh, from Caltech. 
he, he might be upset if that contract don't get signed. Um, <laughs> best partnership for Louise. So I know, I, I assume that everyone's, so I think I said Zuma, but is there anyone here who is 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 against that? Uh, so I'm not against it. Um, I think they're they're my obviously my favourite defenders at the club. However, again, back to the balance. Now, I think Zuma and Louise defensively, they're both very aggressive, and they're both aggressors, right? So I'm not comfortable with us having two centre-backs that are like that. I'm more, I'm more about having one that complements each other. I don't think two aggressors complement each other well. So I believe that it would have to be either David Luiz, Chris Jensen, or Chris Jensen and Rizuma. Because I can't see... You need someone that's able to like be cool, calm, collected, and, you know not make rash decisions and rash tackles and be round on the cover or just be that guy to just anticipate danger. Um, and when, um, when, let's assume, Louise, I think for his leadership qualities will definitely start as first choice and just experience. If um, Rudiger comes back healthy, does he supplant Christensen as your complimentary player for Louise or no, do you see him no. as quite an aggressive defender Again, as well? Again, I see, I see, that's why I see Rudiger as an aggressive player as well. That's why I don't like or didn't like the Louise and Rudiger partnership. I mean, so with works. that in mind, what would you let's say two months into the season, everyone fit and ready, clean slate after an international break? Who do you go with? I, I can't lie. I'd probably go with Christian. That's what I go with. And who? So, and who? Partner in Zuma or Rudiger or Louise? Oh, Christian and Zuma. So then that will be it. That be the partnership. Okay. Okay. Um, anyone else disagree? Agree? I know I'm for now. I'm Louis Zuma, but I think I could be swayed if it looks like it did against Salzburg. I'm not too fast, you know. Um, maybe it's just that I don't analyze the defense as much, but um, yeah, I think in terms of I think as much as much as I just want Luis to start, um, and then who else? I don't care. That's a bit. That's a bit strong. Man said I'm not really fast. Then he said I'm not really fast. I yeah. don't care. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said like obviously Louise. I want him to start, but who else partners him? Christensen, Rudiger, Zuma. I, I don't really care. Fair, yeah, I fair, like fair. I, I, in terms of like that defensive partnership, I like Zuma, but um, I also know that all, everyone has potential to be crazy. So I'm just like, it is what it is, sort of thing. Same um, same follower asked about the if Kante is going to struggle to get back in. We touched on that in the pivot. Um, also asked, first 20 against Salzburg felt like we were being schooled on how to effectively press, which again we've touched on. He said, in his opinion, Azpilicueta weakens the press massively. That's an interesting one. So I'm thinking his, his uh, weaknesses are more when we're building and needing him as an outball. I hadn't really seen him weaken in the press particularly. Is that something else anyone's noticed? Nah, he, he's aggressive. He's Not, aggressive. Yeah, I, I think Aspie's quite aggressive, but it's just the mobility and speed in which he presses. But I think he's quite aggressive. I think in that element... Maybe recovery being a problem or something if it breaks down, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. yeah for sure. But you've got Zuma to the left of you. It'll be Zuma... 
or Chris Jensen, and they're both very, very quick. So mm, I wouldn't say that's a massive, massive worry. Um, but yeah, definitely in terms of build up and attack, yeah, it, it definitely he hinders us big time, more so than the press. And then um, last question from from um, from the Twitter replies is is a. Uh, we talked a little bit about Bats Tammy. There's one regarding that, but people loathed Kepa's mentality after the City incident, but we need 100 players with that mentality. Agree or disagree? I'm going to just come out and say not one player is going to chat shit to Lampard in that way because they know they will get turned on real, real quick. Real, yeah, yeah. real, real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, in wrapping up, uh, about the same time next week, Live talked show. about a lot of the friendlies. I think... Next week, we might get a bit more of a picture on on season expectations. We'll be that much more closer. A lot of the transfers will be rounded up. We'll really see some finalised squads and stuff. Um, and hopefully, won't be as pessimistic like me and Kalumi this, this week. But yeah. Hopefully, right, cool. Callum Hassan-Doy signs up bloody deal, fam. Yeah, I'm taking his time. But I'm hoping... man is getting frustrated. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah. they're just working on a video to make up for us right, missing that, out on all of this. They need a proper five-minute thing. I don't want none of this 30-second stuff. I want a proper five-minute little sit-down. Yeah, yeah, sorry, lads. I took the piss a little bit, but it's cool. <laughs> I'm finished. Don't worry. Man's here now, in it? For five years, say no more. I want something, like, proper. Because yeah. all of this stuff made me wait for time, bro. Every single uh, time we I think should, he's... Should, Every single time we think he's signing, like a week later, Bayern Munich make a bid and he's going again. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with Meads, man. I need more than if it does happen. If it does happen, I need more than a when it happens. A Marina photo. I need. I need Brother, some. I don't need no Marina photo. I, I need video. I, I need, need video of him walking into the joint. Everything. Ah. Need something. But anyway, boys. Until next week. This yeah. has been Chessy. Our uh, touchline frackers. Don't forget yeah. live show uh, August eleventh. Shout out for the event on the eleventh yeah. of August. Shubs dot com. Uh, touchline frackers on all social media. Go and get your tickets for that. Early bird ones are finishing up right now. Early yeah. birds are gone. Early birds are Early gone. Early birds are gone. Say yeah. nothing. Say no more. So you got a little bit of time for the eleventh of August to come down to that event. Start the season in style. Um, and boys, see you next week.
side. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at mrsmyers.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.